Hey guys, welcome to the Radiate Church Podcast today. Hey, you are a part of some exclusive content. We do this once a month. It's in addition to the sermons that are posted on this page. Uh, we want to make sure that we're having real conversations, real discussions, answering real questions so that we can equip and empower each other to live the life God intends each and every day. I'm so excited that you're a part of this. This is the only place you'll find this kind of conversation at Radiate Church. We're so excited about it. Hey, listen, we want to ask you to do something. We want to ask you to like, comment, rate, and share this podcast. We want to get it out to as many people as possible so we can equip and empower as many people as possible to live the life God intends. Pastor Travis and I are excited each and every month to bring some of this to you. Hey, but right now, let's get on with the show. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Radiate Church podcast. This is just an extra conversation that we hope uh, encourages you, inspires you, and ultimately it's going to equip and empower you to live the life that God intends. My name is Pastor Travis. I'm joined by our lead pastor, Pastor Brandon. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I am doing it's great. It's a good day. Always a good day. Always right. a good day to change the world. Yay, let's go. Let's, let's go, go change the world. Speaking of changing the world, Pastor, we're about a month away uh, from You Matter Week. And You Matter yeah. Week, you know, is a special part of our church. We value outreach throughout the year, whether that's done in groups or teams. But that is the one week we come together as a body and say, hey, mm-hmm. we're all in on uh, making life change happen in, outside our church walls, in the community, yeah. as a church. And, um, and we also know that as believers... Uh, service is a big part of our faith journey. Mm-hmm. And so I think one thing that we uh, need to kind of look at and think about is um, how does that factor in the overall nature of being a follower of Jesus? How does service, how, how, how is that like part of the pie chart of being a follower of Jesus? Oh, man, I think it is the whole pie chart. I, you know, uh, I'm excited about You Matter Week, man. That's one of my favorite times of the year ever yeah. at Radiate, dude. It's it's always been that way. So Radiate, just a little history to go into that. Um, well, you know what? We'll get into that in a minute. Here, Here's the deal. That serving is the whole pie chart, right? Sure. So let's talk about that first. Serving is the whole pie chart, and here's why, man. For me, um, you can you can boil Christianity down, right? or our faith down to some some non-negotiables, some bedrocks, some foundations, if you will, right? So obviously, faith in salvation and faith in Christ is a big part of that. Um, and then you, it's dedication and commitment. So Jesus said, if you want to follow me, what do you have to do? You have to get, you carry your cross, you know, or, or get rid of all this, leave everything behind and come, come with me, sure. right? So those are bedrocks and foundations. But, dude, if you look at the disciples— and you look at the life of Jesus, you don't have to look any further than the life of Jesus to see that serving others is a bedrock foundational principle for following Jesus. Absolutely. And expanding the kingdom of God on the earth. And dude, I, I think about it like this. I think we think, I think, Travis, this is one of my, I, I say this all the time. Y'all have heard me say it, that I think we make Christianity incredibly hard when it doesn't have to be. I think sure. it's actually following Jesus is pretty simple. It's, he, says, he says two things. Right, we all know exactly what's coming up. Yeah. He says the most important two things that you could ever do in your life, whenever you're following Jesus, is this: love God. Well, okay, I, I can get that. Like that part, nobody argues that. If you're gonna follow Jesus, all right, you probably need to love God, right? And then he says, and love others. Absolutely, 
love your neighbor, love, love others, right? And so that's the part we struggle with. Sure. Most of us are like, okay, I can understand the love God part, but I really don't like his kids. But then it's like this, like, do you really love me if you don't love my kids? Yeah. You know, like for you and Ashley and Hannah, y'all are great friends of ours and, and, and we go to dinner and we hang out and we talk and stuff, but our kids are a part of the package, man. Your, your daughters are part of the package for y'all. Absolutely. My kids, as aggravating as Cullen can be, screaming in a restaurant sometimes, <laughs> and you want to be like, plug it up, kid. They're part of the package because sure. that's part of me. And so, you know, what What Jesus is really saying in that is this. To love God, you have to love others. You can't love God and not love others. Like, it, it it's not. Have you ever heard somebody say this? Maybe you have. I don't. I don't know. I have. You know, I really love God. But I just don't like his kids. Sure. That's impossible. Right. You can't do that, right? You can love others and not love God, but you can't love God and not love others. And so serving is a way that we love others. Because I, I think about it like this, man, and in my life it's a uh and I'll talk about the bedrock that this is in the in the foundation of radiate, but I'm talking about Christianity now, right? Um, I think about it like this. Do I really believe it if I'm not willing to show it? Sure. You know, I think that's what James is saying, too, when he says, uh, you know, you're not just saved by works, but by faith. Yeah. But works are important, too. Sure. If you go read the Bible. Why? Why are works important? Works are important because you're actually showing what you internally believe. It is not difficult for me to look at you and go, oh, I, I actually I do love you, man. I appreciate sure. you. You're awesome. I just don't show it. Well, there's no sacrifice in that. I can say anything at that point, and it never matters because it never uh, solidifies outside of my life. So I think it's a bedrock, man. I think if you go back and you look at how the disciples grew, think about it that way, right? How were, how did the disciples grow? Discipleship comes from the word disciple. Disciples were the ones that followed Jesus and grew with Jesus. So how did they grow? They grew through gathering together sure, and hearing the teaching, right? So... We do that Sundays and life groups and worship nights and all these things, right? Beautifully broken that's coming up for the women and all that kind of stuff, right? That's great. And then they did one other thing. They served. They served people, man. They served Jesus as Absolutely. their leader. They they did. He'd be he if he needed something from them, he'd ask them and they served him. Sure. They honored him as their leader and then they served others. It was you know, they. I think about when he fed the 5,000. They served him and others. They served him by doing what he asked. They served others by giving them food. And it just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. So I don't think, man, I don't think it's possible. If I'm going to be real dogmatic about this, this is how I really believe. I don't believe it's impossible to grow. I mean, I don't believe it's possible to grow uh, with God fully until you learn how to serve other people. Sure. I really don't, man. I just don't see anywhere in Scripture where that's possible. Because when I don't... In fact, whenever Christianity became less about serving other people and more about doing things to grow, uh, the Old Testament law was in place. And it became very pharisaical. Uh, it became very uh, dogmatic in the sense of religious duty. And yeah. it wasn't about heart. And so I don't think... I, I For me, and what I read in the Gospel, and what Jesus challenges us to do at all times... And, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, it, it, we're reading 20 days in the Bible, and, and we just finished Galatians, and we're in Ephesians 5 today, or, or, you know, in the middle of, or towards the end of Ephesians, and you're moving in to other scriptures. All throughout that, it talks about loving people through the process of loving God. And 
Dude, I don't think you can grow. I don't. Sure. I think where we stun our growth is how we love people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think about, you know, in terms of how does it factor in our spiritual nature. Um, I, I think when we talk about serving other people and how Jesus modeled that and how we can learn from his story in the Bible, like without even thinking about it, your first thought goes back to, man, he's washing these disciples' feet, oh, right? Yeah. For the greatest passion yeah. and greatest rescue mission for humanity in entire human history. And what a powerful thing to to meet someone, meet a, mm. not just a practical need, but to, um, to humble yourself to meet someone's need at yeah. a very basic, granular level. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we see in Jesus so much of his public ministry, he's very connected um, to serving people who are sick, who are poor. And I guess what we consider today, just like, you know, somehow another marginalized uh, on the outside of society due to some sort of status, whether mm-hmm. that's health or socioeconomic or, you know, uh, even race culturally, any of those demographics. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a, I think you're absolutely, I think it's such a powerful thing. It is the pie chart to be a follower of Jesus. It's just it is, is to imitate him and love other people at such a pure, um, uh, and that may be the best word, such a pure way. Yeah. That they too are sons and daughters. Men, it, it's not a slice of the pie. Serving is not a part of Christianity. Sure. Serving is Christianity. Serving is the kingdom. Serving is God. Whenever, whenever Jesus was praying and he said, I'm going to teach you how to pray, right? And he said, um, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know how heaven comes to earth? Through people. Through people, and it's not through people sitting in a closet, closed up from society and other people all the time. It's through people getting out and interacting and loving and serving people and showing them that there's something greater. And you touched on something, man, whenever you said, uh, you talked about him washing the disciples' feet, right? Amazing illustration. There's a couple things that, uh, there's so much, I could teach probably months on that that story because there's so much there. But the truth is, is number one, he served. I mean, he washed Judas's feet. He knew Judas was about to betray him, sell him Absolutely. for silver, and and turn him over. Right? He knew it. But he was like, I don't care. I'm going to serve you tonight. Right? Yep. That's incredible. What we do is we cut people off. We don't serve them anymore. Hey, I don't like what you did to me. I don't like the decision you made. So I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to trash you. I'm going to run your name in the mud, and I'm not going to serve you. Well, that's that's not even Christ-like. Sure. But here's what we have to remember, right? So Jesus in that. The highest earthly man in that moment, the highest spiritual man on earth, took the lowest earthly position as a slave to wash feet, right, in that moment. Here's what we have to remember. Jesus, who was Jesus? Well, he was the son of God. We know that. Sure. Sure. But he was the physical representation of everything God is. Yep. Absolutely. So think about that. If he's the physical representation of the character the love, the knowledge, the grace, the mercy of God, when he became less on earth to serve people less than him, all he was doing was living out who God actually was to us. Wow. And so he's looking, when you, when you understand Jesus wasn't just a fleshly man that walked the earth, Jesus was the characteristics of God wrapped in flesh so much like a gift is wrapped in a box 
He is the representation of the characteristics of God wrapped in flesh, and because of that, what he does carries more weight, and it's nothing more than an extension and living out of who God is. So when he says in Matthew 20, uh, 20 and 28, he says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. Here's what he's saying. God's characteristics, God's very nature is not just to be served. It's not just for you to do things for me. God's very nature is to take the lowest position I have to take in order to serve you. Absolutely. And that's what he showed the disciples around the table. And that's who God is to us today. Like That's what ought to jack us up about serving is because serving is an opportunity for us to go. It's not a slice of the pie. It's the whole dang pie. And it's our opportunity to, we're not Jesus, but we can take the characteristics of God, wrap them in our flesh and live them out. Absolutely. And we can make them possible, which is what serving does. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, so serving is everything. They kind of walk us through a little bit of the history of how we can take that attitude into this you matter. We can tell us a little bit of the history of how we've got to where we are today and why it's important this year to get involved. Yeah, man. So you matter week i said it earlier and i started to go into it and then i realized that wasn't where we were going but uh you matter week's one of my favorite favorite weeks of the year ever uh for radiate man it really is um we take seven days like we serve all throughout the year at radiate that's just what we do we serve people um when you bring a guest here's what you need to know we serve even when a first-time guest comes in the door absolutely i don't there's some people that may not realize this maybe they don't hear it or process it in in service but just to let you know whoever's listening when you come to radiate church if you fill out a card a first-time guest card guess what we you're serving your community in that moment because we make a five dollar donation to a nonprofit in our county that serves people yep so just by attending, you're serving, right? Yep. By giving generously, you serve because we take that and we serve our community with that, right? We serve to, in order to be a life group leader, you have to do uh, outreach projects, right? You have to do outreach projects throughout the, the year, at least one a semester per, per group. Uh, so there's serving opportunities all the time. So why do we do these seven days? We do these seven days because it's an opportunity to flood our community in seven days with thousands of hours, literally, of serving projects that we all get to do. Absolutely. It's an opportunity for us to go, all right, so if the disciples grew through gathering together and learning and through serving, what if we took seven days and combined both of those at the exact same time? We gather together and we serve at the same time. Now, here's where we can go wrong. We can think, okay, I serve for You Matter Week. I don't need to serve any other day of the week. I don't need to do it any other time of the year. No, that's not true. We need to serve our church, the local church. That you, some people listen to this podcast and are not a part of Radiate, right? And that's great. I think that's amazing. Uh, thank you for that. Serve your church. Ser- find a place to serve in your church and do it and do it well. Colossians 3.23, do it as in the Lord. But not only that, we have to serve the community that we're called to. Because I don't know that I don't know that we really feel we're called to it if we're not willing to serve it. Absolutely. And so where Radiate is, this has been so key. So we're seven and a half years old, almost eight, uh, in March of next year. And because of that, when we started Radiate, it be, uh, serving was a bedrock. So there was two things 
that we knew would be the personality in the, of Radiate no matter what. The first one is you're going to walk into a welcoming, loving area, right? Yeah. Some people may say, well, I haven't felt that, you know, at my church or, or maybe even here. I hope that's not the case. But, you know, sure. we do every, we're humans and we mess it up, but we try to make sure that loving and welcoming atmosphere is everywhere we go. Number one. Number two, serving. Serving is the non-negotiable for 88 Church. You know, um, and I'm not just talking about, like, just taking donuts to the fire department. I'm not just talking about, you know, cleaning up trash on the side of the road. I'm talking about partnering with Habitat for Humanity and building a dang house. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about partnering with United Way and helping them get a transitional housing, out, yeah. you know, going. Or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm throwing things out. Yeah. But my point is, 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 it's been a bedrock for us. And when we, Megan and I started Radiate, we said the two things that will never, ever, ever be negotiable. Because we just believe it's just who God is, is we'll be loving and we'll be serving. And if we keep those two things at the center, obviously we'll be prayerful, obviously sure. we'll be worshipful, obviously we'll be Bible-centered, gospel-centered. Um, but those two things are part of our personality they will never shift. And so it's been really, really important for us to do that. Even when I was a youth pastor, uh, Travis, I was a youth pastor for 10 years. That was a key to what we did. We did mission trips during the summer as teenagers and uh, as youth groups, and we would go places and serve. Um, we'd clean up entire towns. We'd do kids' rallies. You know, we didn't go to chill by the by the beach sure. down at, at Myrtle. We, we'd go to Myrtle, and we'd do uh, – services in the middle of a park with homeless people like because it's so important to what we do and i think if you miss if you miss this part of church life you miss something sure many people here's here's why entitlement is such a big deal entitlement in our society and in church today is such a big deal because most people don't understand what it means to serve somebody less than them sure so when I don't understand what other people don't have, I take for granted what I do. Absolutely. Appreciate that. And so truth. if I never get out of my comfort zone and look at somebody and go, man, there's 10 miles down the road, there's 50 people that have to go to a food pantry to get to get food, and I'm complaining about driving three minutes down the road to get something from Food Lion. Sure. They can't even afford any. They can't afford a bag of rice, and I'm mad about going to buy a $4 pack of Coke. Yeah. Right? Let's just right. be real. Yep. And so if if serving, I think that's why serving is so important because it keeps us grounded to the blessings that God's given us. And as a church, man, I'm just here to declare, like, I'm going to tell you this. If you're listening to this, you're part of Radiate. I just want you to know, if you can't serve others, Radiate Church may not be the church for you. Absolutely. I if agree. you can't serve the church and if you can't serve the community... Radiate Church probably is not going to be the best fit for you. And the reason is because those are the two things that we serve, and we serve hard, and we will not skimp on, we will not go away from, we will not stop doing, we will not make excuses for, we will not feel sorry about, because those are the two things that Jesus did every stinking place he went. And if our goal is to build a church that models after Jesus, then our goal and our job is to build a church that does those things. I couldn't agree more. I think serving is very tied to... um, Tied to honor, you know, which is also part of identity. You know, it's Come a core on. value of ours. We honor up, down, all around. If I honor you, that means I see your value. I can look at you the same way Jesus did. Jesus died for you the exact same way I did. Oh, it would be impossible. And, 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 and 
logically doesn't even make sense. If I believe that Jesus died for you and he loves you as much as he loves me, for me to not treat you that way. That's right. Right? Yes. And come on. By treating someone yeah. a certain way, regardless of who they are, and providing a direct need or an indirect need for them, I'm also, by serving, creating honor mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And I think it's such a powerful thing to say that there's, it, it doesn't seem like there can be a scenario where you say that you can love people mm. and not look at them like they are someone that Jesus died for them, regardless of their circumstance, and do something about it for them. Sure. I, I would do, I have a great relationship with my brother. He's probably listening to this thing right now. Mm-hmm. Justin, shout out to you. But listen, man. here's the deal. <clears throat> I have a great relationship with him and I love him. And there's nothing in the world I wouldn't do for him. Mm-hmm. And if I were to transpose that love to everyone else who Jesus in our Bible would tell me are indirectly my brother and That's my right. sister, yep. um, then that, sh- that should change the way I treat every person I ever come across. Mm-hmm. Now, we would pro- could probably all say there's some room for improvement for all of us, but man, <laughs> it's impossible not to take action and find a way to add value mm-hmm. to someone else's life when you look at them like that. It's impossible to. I think, I think you, you hit a big key on honor. Honor, it takes on a lot of facets. I don't want to teach on that right now. Maybe, we, maybe we'll do a podcast on honor yeah. one day. But here's the truth, man. I cannot look at somebody and go, you are called, you are appointed, you are anointed, you are a royal priesthood, you are part of the same kingdom that I'm a part of, and the same God that loves me is the same God that loves you, and the same sacrifice of Jesus that saved me from hell is the same one that saved you from hell, and yeah. we're going to do something about it. I cannot look at somebody, like you said, and truly believe that and not do something about it. Absolutely. That's why I don't understand uh, whenever people are in need and we turn our back. Now, listen. Now, listen. There, are, there are moments where you can't do but so much for your, yourself. Uh, that's that's right. So at Radiate, what we do, we have we have requests come in a lot, right? Uh, through people, to people, from people, all kinds sure. of ways. We can't do everything. Sure. But we try our hardest. That the best way we can serve sometimes is to push them towards another resource that can serve them better than we can. Very true. And so if some people are like, I just don't have the time to go do all that. You got, first of all, you got time for what you find, for what you're passionate about. What you really want time for, you got time for. Sure. You got time to sit on the couch and eat Pringles while you're watching that TV show. Yeah. Why? Because that's important to you. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't tell me you don't have time to read the Bible or serve people. We all have the same amount of time. My point is, it's not that you don't have time. It's that who are you hooking them up with that can help them better? Sure. Sometimes the best way we can love somebody is by pushing them towards a greater resource. And so it's how are we equipping and empowering what what we know God has placed in them? Absolutely. And and I'm just here to tell you, I'm going to make a really bold statement. And, and I hope it doesn't offend somebody, but I hope it does challenge them. I don't know how you can say I love God with everything I have, but you ignore his kids. That's real. I don't know how you can say that. I don't know how you can say, I'm going to get even bolder. I'm going to explain it even more. I don't know how you can say, I love God. I love him, but I'm a jerk to his kids. I talk about them. I talk down to them. I don't serve them. They're supposed to serve me. They're below me. No. If you're a jerk to his kids, you're doing an injustice. And Jesus said, dude, I'm going into something here, but Jesus said this, right? 
He said, it is better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and be thrown in the ocean than mess with my kids. Than to mess with kids. But he's not just saying kids as in age and size. He's talking about his kids, his family. It is better for you to drown yourself at Myrtle Beach than it is for you not to serve and love his kids. Think about that. Absolutely. He says in 1 Peter that he died for the sins of the world. Yeah. So think about this. And and to push this clean off the edge, think of how many times we see somebody who doesn't look like us who doesn't believe the same things we believe, yeah. who they're from another country, they have another circumstance, mm. and we immediately in our heads separate, they're not like me, and we go this tribal mentality to where it's them or it's us, and now we've created a riff in our own head and our own heart that is blocking us from being able to look at them and serve them the way we should. Dude, I got a great example for that, right? For me, this is me. You know, I've been to Israel twice, had a yep. great opportunity to do it. We're going to take a trip from the church yep. after we build this building, and we're going to go, right? We're going to take some people. But here's the truth. You, there's a place down there in the old city called the Muslim Quarters. You hear the word Muslim, most people that just heard the word Muslim tensed up immediately, and they got this picture <laughs> in their mind exactly what it's supposed to look sure. like. I did. Sure. We go to the Muslim Quarters, and dude, I am freaking out internally. Because of the bias that is created inside of me, right? Sure. And do you know some of the greatest conversations I had were with Muslims at the Muslim quarters? Interesting. I'm serious. And they were like, man, you know, what are you doing here? What have you seen so far? What do you want to see? You know, and it was just great conversation. And I looked at somebody on the bus one time. I think it was on the second trip. I looked at them on the bus and I said, you know what I've learned? That when I walked into the Muslim quarters because of the bias I created in my head, the separation, the gap, as you just said, in my head of who somebody is based on a thought, based on a thought, I was not going to have a conversation with any of them because I was afraid of what might happen. Sure. But now that I've left there from experience, I'm not worried. I don't care. I'll walk through there all day long and it don't bother me because... Somewhere down the line, an experience changed sure. the mentality I had about them. Sure. How many times do we walk through life? You just talked about it. How many times do we walk through life, and because of race or socioeconomic status, there's a gap between us and them? Absolutely. And the problem is it never changes. Why does it never change? Because we never allow an experience to happen that changes it for us. Absolutely. And you know that. And I think about it. I think that's one of the most powerful verses. And I think it's First Peter three eighteen. I could be wrong. The fact that Jesus died for the sins of the world. We both know mm. that not everybody's going to make the decision to accept that, to accept that gift, accept yeah. that rescue operation, right? Yeah. But it doesn't change the fact that he didn't have them on his mind whenever he went to that cross. Come on. And and I think it's a powerful story. I think we can all think of maybe some, uh, uh, just somebody we encounter that's a little bit different than us that we had that same feeling for probably at our workplace yeah. uh, in our neighborhood yeah. um, that takes their kids to the same school that we take our kids to I think that's a relatable experience for everybody listening to this podcast well and serving isn't just buying donuts and buying coffee sure. and all that that is ways to do that that is ways to do that and that is also ways to honor somebody yep. right so uh, yeah but it's not all that sometimes it's just not being a hateful jerk to the kids, to God's kids. It's it's a, it's looking at somebody and going, I don't 
fully understand why you're doing what you're doing, but you're loving God and I'm loving God and we'll get through it together. Yeah. I don't have to be a jerk to you. So how about this? So kind of <clears throat> to kind of put uh, a nice little bow on top of this. So <clears throat> outside of participating in You Matter Week, just like what are one or two ways that we can serve somebody on a daily basis, like each and every 24 hours we get? Oh, man, yeah. So attitude's a huge thing. I think one of the greatest ways you can serve somebody is have a great attitude towards sure. them. Uh, most people uh, will encounter self-centered, uh, angry people throughout their day. What if our attitude was such a light in their life sure. that it brightened everything about their day? Sure. What if we stopped walking around doom and gloom, looking like we're sucking on lemons all the time, <laughs> all that stuff, right? What if our attitude was a bright light to them? So that's one way I think that's really practical. It costs nothing. Here's what it costs. Conscious effort, right? <clears throat> sure. I think another way that we can serve people every 24 hours, right, is, man, we just... I said this in a message this year, and it's so true, and it's this. When you think something good, say it. Absolutely. When you think something good, say it. If you're sitting there at your desk, and you're thinking about somebody, and you're like, man, they're really amazing. They're an, they're an amazing person. Why don't you send them a text and go, hey, I was just thinking about you, and I just want you to know you're an amazing person. Don't cost you a thing unless you're on one of those ancient cell phone plans where you still pay per text <laughs> message, but nobody's right. doing that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. If you think something good, just say it. Walk up to your spouse and be like, you know what? I probably don't tell you this enough. I tell you you're hot and sexy because you're my wife, and hey, hey. Yeah. But I don't tell you I appreciate who you are. Not what you look like. Not what you've done, not for cleaning the kitchen, yeah. but just for who you are, your character. And I think those are two really cheap, inexpensive, but life-changing ways that we can serve people. And man, I I think, you know, when you matter, we, there's pla- practical, plausible, tangible ways to do that stuff. You can serve by buying coffee, like at You Matter Week. Here in just a couple of weeks, there's going to be a website that's going to pop up. You're going to be able to sign up for projects, you know, with United Way, with all kinds of things, right? Sure. I, I'm, I'm kind of giving some stuff away, but hopefully with some of that stuff, right? We, we don't have anything completely locked in yeah. yet. But all those things, those are ways that you make a difference everywhere you go. Make a difference every single... I still remember getting on a roof with about 15 people two years ago for Habitat, Habitat for Humanity in Camden. I don't know if you were there or not. Getting on a roof, and Chris and Linda Branham were there, and there was there was about fifteen others, and we were just driving nails, putting sheetrock on the roof so that they could hang shingles for a single mother with two or three kids that couldn't afford housing, and Habitat for Humanity had vetted the situation and worked it out for them. Sure. You know what's amazing to me? I don't know where that house is. I don't know what condition that house is in, but here's what I know. I know that by going and spending an hour, well, we probably spent about five or six hours, yep. but spending a few hours that day on a roof, putting up plywood and nailing nails, that there is a family that was touched forever. That will Absolutely. I, no, driving nails is nothing compared to the story that they're building. I don't think people realize that those daily things we can do sometimes have generational impact. Oh, my gosh. Generational impact. Bro, listen, 
Pastor Travis, I wouldn't be here today. I would not be in ministry if it wasn't for my youth pastor growing up, looking at me and going, God's got a, I mean, amazing call on your life. You're going to be in ministry. You're going to lead thousands of people, and you're going to you're a starter, and you're going to start things that are going to change people's lives. And I want to develop that in you. When he looked at me and said that, and he spent time with me, that was his way of serving what God put in me. I wouldn't be here today without that. That's good stuff. Guys, as always, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to check out this conversation. We hope it, uh, we hope that it equips, empowers you to live the life that God intended. If God spoke something directly to you, do not hesitate to uh, share this podcast with your friends and family. Re-listen to it. Turn your radio up so loud the car beside you can hear it. That's too. right. Just share it with somebody in your way. But thank you so much. And uh, we cannot wait to see you this Sunday. Let's go. See you then.